thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Welcome. We're so glad you're joining us today for Jesus the Healer. We have saved a spot for you. So come on in. You say, well, where's my spot? Right in front of that device. And so we want you to, as you're listening, expect to receive from God. Don't just, uh, don't be, just be a casual hearer, but hear with the purpose of becoming an active doer of the word. Amen. We have been on a series that I believe is going to be a great blessing to you. But you know me, when you get on a series, you got to go back and watch the previous episodes. More so in this series probably than in most other series that we've done because this is going to be uh, many episodes to it and we cannot go back and repeat. And so I don't want you to get a fragmented part. Yeah. So we invite you go back and watch previous episodes. Um, I'm going through something that Jesus spoke to me in 2018 in St. Petersburg, Russia. He came into my hotel room and spoke to me for about an hour about this era that we're in, the last day revival, what it's going to take to cooperate and move at full measure in the potential of what that, that revival holds for us. And uh, we've been teaching out of my book, on the price of the double portion anointing. Now, there's some, there's several things I say to you. I'm not saying that everyone is going to walk under a double portion anointing, but what he lined out for me that night is applicable to every believer. Yes. And so that's why I'm bringing this to you because we need to make sure we're skillful yeah. with what God has entrusted to us. And know this, that in, inside every believer, uh, there is an anointing within every one of us. And the Bible said that that anointing that's within us, it abides, meaning it doesn't, it doesn't come and go. It's in there to abide. Why is that? Because he wants us to have, uh, Every, every hour of the day, every day of the week to have access to that divine anointing that puts us over. Amen. We have the word that puts us over and we have the power of the anointing to put us over. And so we need to become skillful at drawing on that anointing. So that anointing that abides within us does not increase. It does not grow, but our skill with that anointing can grow our uh, ability to cooperate with it as we learn what that anointing will do for us. We don't want to hinder the flow of that anointing that abides within. We want it to flow unhindered in our lives. So that's why it's so important for, for me to teach you about what Jesus said to me that night out of this book, The Double Portion Anointing. 
Specifically, this will certainly apply to those that are set apart for the fivefold full-time ministry. But generally, it applies to every believer. And so that's why we want to bring this to you. So we, we are not able to read in every episode what Jesus said to me that night. That's why you have to go back and watch previous episodes to even hear what he said uh, in total that night. It would take me several pages of reading and we don't have time to do that with every episode. So I'm spotlighting just sections that we're able to touch upon in this episode. Know this, that the anointing of God is the power of God. And when we are dealing with power, we have to have skill. I said, we have to have skill. You know this with electrical power in the earth. Um, At a power plant, there is great training and great links that they go to to train the employees that handle uh, that location because um, the power that's meant to bless, if it's mishandled, (laughs) can work against them. And so we don't want to work against the power that's within us. We want to work with that power and we have to handle it appropriately. And so that's why we're taking time to teach on this. Um, As I said, Jesus came into my hotel room that night. You say, did you see him? No, I did not see him. It was by word of knowledge. I could tell you where he was and I heard what he said. I became his secretary that night and I wrote down what he said. And uh, it, it applies to me, but it applies to all of us. And he wanted me to bring this to the body of Christ because, as I said, it has a, it, it, it's something we have to be skillful with to be fully effective and fully functioning as we ought in this last day revival. Amen. And what he said to me that night, I don't want you to think it's the totality of what could be said, but it's what he was emphasizing. So just because I don't refer to it doesn't mean it's not applicable to being effective with cooperating with that anointing that abides within. For example, he didn't talk about walking in love and we know that's key. That's critical. But there are, not to say it's not important, it is, but I'm just focusing on on what he focused on uh, that night. So uh, a portion of what he said to me that night was this. He said, when Elisha asked for a double portion of the anointing upon Elijah, Elijah told him he, he had asked a hard thing. Well, we know this, that Elisha was diligent in asking. He was diligent in following the man of God. He was diligent in serving. He was diligent in putting himself in a place where God could promote him and advance him. It matters where we put ourselves. I said, it matters where we put ourselves. God will direct us to a place, but we have to put ourselves where he directs us. Where he directs us is not always where people put themselves. And so this is what we know about Elisha. He stayed where God put him. So he was, if I could say this, he was following hard after God's plan, wasn't he? By being where God told him to be. Now, um, as I said earlier in the broadcast, is that not everyone will walk under a double portion anointing because not everyone needs that. Because um, it's primarily for those who are going to operate in a five-fold ministry, but not everyone that operates in a five-fold ministry even receives a double portion anointing. The anointing that abides within every believer, that measure is not increased. But the anointing that can come up on for ministers, for those who are separated under the fivefold ministry, that degree or measure of anointing can be increased. 
And that anointing that comes upon is not for their own individual life. It's for ministering to others. Every minister must live his own personal life based on the anointing that abides within. He has to draw on that anointing that abides within, just like every other believer. So we have to become skillful at cooperating with that anointing, but we also, as ministers, have to become skillful with the anointing that can come upon to minister to others. So when Elisha was asking Elijah about a double portion anointing, he was not talking about anything that was within because they did not have the Holy Ghost dwelling within them as the New Testament church does. Amen. But he was talking about that anointing that comes upon. Now you cannot get, and I'm speaking primarily to ministers or even I've heard some congregation members that would say in different places we've ministered, we want a double portion of the anointing upon you. Well, that's not how you receive it. Now you can, you can minister to someone and bless them and God will move them into a place of promotion or advancement. But, um, when it comes to that double portion anointing, we see with Elisha, how a minister can move into a double portion anointing. And that is you be where God told you to be and you're, and you're there for the long run. You don't leave where God told you to be just because something else might've become more popular or more interesting to you. (laughs) We have to stay interested in being where God told us to be. That's That's where the anointing upon us can increase. Yes. Amen. Amen. So when Elisha asked for a double portion of the anointing, this is what Jesus said. When Elisha asked for a double portion of the anointing upon Elijah, Elijah told him he asked a hard thing. Now I believe that Elisha did a hard thing by staying with the man of God in the sense of it wasn't hard to be where God told him to be, but he had to take his firm stand to not be distracted or pulled off from where God told him to be. So he had to hold hard to what God said. Amen. Amen. So, um, but then the other side of that is what Jesus went on to say to me that night. He said, it was not hard for God to give Elisha a double portion anointing, but it would call for a hardness of Elisha toward his mind and his flesh, meaning he could not coddle his flesh and his mind and uh, walk skillfully and fully under a full, a double portion anointing. He was not going to be able to live like other men. That's what it means. He could not pet his flesh. He was going to have to be uh, disciplined toward his flesh. Now, what's that mean? That what others may participate in when you carry a greater anointing or a measure of the anointing upon you, or even that anointing that abides within every believer, we, we're not, we're not going to be living like the rest of the people around us that don't carry that. Why? Because God expects more of us for one thing, but not only that, we want that anointing that abides within and that anointing for ministers that comes upon to flow unhindered. So it matters how we handle our flesh and it matters how we handle our thought life. And that's what Jesus was referring to. Jesus went on and he said this, he said, Elisha could not be tolerant toward weakness of the mind and flesh if he was to carry a double portion of the anointing. You say, why could he not carry weakness toward his mind and flesh? Because he's dealing with the greatest power in existence. And you can't be careless. You can't be carnal. (laughs) You can't be flesh ruled. You can't be dominated by the mental arena. Now, listen, we've talked about this in these, in these episodes. God gave us our mind. Our mind is not an enemy. 
It's how we handle our mind. (laughs) Amen. Our flesh, God gave us our flesh, but it's not to lead us or to guide us. God never intended that any man be led and dominated by his flesh. God did not equip the flesh of man for that role. God equipped the spirit of man for that role. And so your spirit is equipped and it is authorized to take the lead. But it is not your flesh or your mind that's equipped to lead. And so this is what Jesus was pointing out, that this could not get out of order in Elisha's life. He couldn't be led by his mind. He couldn't be led by his flesh. He had to be led by his spirit if he was going to be effective, effectively walk under a double portion anointing. Well, can I tell you, it's the same way for every believer. It's the same exact way for every believer, apart from a double portion anointing that comes upon. Why? Because there is anointing that abides within, and we want that anointing to flow unhindered. We don't want our flesh to cause us to be cheated out of the flow of what that anointing within can do. We don't want our minds to rob us of what that anointing within can accomplish. Amen. Amen. So that's why it's important that we talk about these things, even though everyone will not be in the place of a double portion anointing. Does that make sense? But listen, to carry any measure of the anointing, what an honor. honor. Amen. And um, our our greatest joy is to learn to become skillful with that anointing that abides within, then it can flow to its fullest potential. Amen. Amen. Every day, you don't have to wait for a crisis. Every day you can learn to draw on that anointing that abides within, but it is especially noticed when in the middle of circumstances that oppose us, how great that anointing will work for us. Listen, if you learn to draw on the anointing that abides within, that anointing will will bring you into a flow of divine health. It'll bring you into a flow of prosperity. I remember that there have been times in the past when there came such opposition even against my mind. And when that happened, I didn't focus on my mind. I focused on the anointing that was in, within me. What was I doing? I turned toward my spirit and I started yielding to that fountain that springs up. And so I just turned toward that and I yielded to that flow by rejoicing. I I yielded to that flow by praising. I yielded that flow by giving it my attention. And I recognized when there was great opposition against my mind, I paid attention when I turned toward my spirit. I recognized there seems to be something trying to, if I could say this, spring up. And when I gave expression to that, then that anointing that is within me rose up and destroyed and broke off that which was trying to come against my mind. I didn't have to have someone lay hands on me. Nothing wrong with having people lay hands on you. But you're not always in a place where somebody can lay hands on you. Not only that, it's spiritual maturity to start practicing these things for yourself. Amen. That's how you grow up. That's how you learn. That's how you become skillful. So there have been times when I have learned to draw on that anointing that abides within. Now, what if I had just let my mind go unchecked and I started turning toward the mental arena, then I'm not going to turn toward my spirit where that anointing that abides within resides. So this is why we have to learn not to be led by our minds or by our, by our, or by our flesh because what you're being led by is what you're going to turn toward. Yes. Yes. That's right. 
Amen. You don't want to turn the first thing toward your mind, the first thing toward your body. You turn first toward your spirit. That's where your your faith resides. That's where that anointing that abides within resides. That's where all the fruits of the spirit reside. Brother, you need to pull on that love sometimes. That fruit of the spirit is meant to be eaten. We don't just grow it so we can say that we're stocked with it. It's so that we can, we can partake of it. Amen. Amen. But what if we turn to our mind every time we turn and we face opposition, we're going to turn to the place where we're not going to receive the outflow of that anointing as, as we ought. And this is what Jesus was referring to is that Elisha could not be ruled by his mind, be ruled by his flesh. Well, I'm going to tell you this, every believer cannot, if they're going to have the full flow of that anointing within blessing their life, they can't turn toward their mind first. We can't turn toward our bodies first. We have to be skillful and we have to hold them in their proper order. Amen. Now think of this. You've heard me talk about when I went to first grade, I was five years old when I started first grade. You say, how did you do that? Well, I was from a little old community. You know, there was just a handful of people in that town and I guess you get by with things there. I don't know. Maybe it was the guidelines of that day, but um, I was only five when I started the first grade. I had never been to preschool. They didn't offer preschool in our community. And so when my first grade teacher she passed out some of our school books and she said to the students, okay, turn to page one of, and she held up a certain book and it was a reading book to teach reading. And she said, okay, I, let's start reading page one. Well, I started crying. That was my, that was my response because I'm sitting there thinking all of these people, these, these kids know how to read. I don't even know. I don't know how to read. I thought she meant that everybody knew how to read. Everybody else just sat there and looked, but I'm crying because I think I'm going to get in trouble because I don't know how to read. Well, even though she, she started reading to us, she didn't expect us to come into that flow unless we had gone another route. So she showed us where we could be. And then she went back and started making sure we knew the alphabet. Well, I knew the alphabet. I could say the alphabet. And I remember so many times my mother pulling me in front of guests, come over, come here, Nancy, say the alphabet. <laughs> Anybody else's parents did that for you? You're going to perform your piano piece. You're going to perform your little dance, whatever. You know, your parents are always doing that to you. You know, my mother did that to us. And there was, I couldn't go R, Q, T, F. Those are all letters, but they're out of place. And so if, if I started that, of course, it's, you're, it's, it's wrong. If you're doing that at a, at a time of testing in school, you're going to get an F. It's the same thing with the spirit, the mind, and the body. There's an order. You give it, you, you start listing those things out of order, and you start living those things out of order, and you're, gonna, you're not going to pass some tests. There's a proper order to these things, just like there's a proper order to the alphabet. Then you can advance further into reading. People wonder, why am I not showing up at certain places of promotion that God has for me? Well, are things in order? Things have to be in order for us to advance. I had to know that alphabet, the letters in order, so that she could then teach me to read. 
It's the same thing with spiritual things. There's an order. Know this, every believer, your spirit man is where the life of God resides. Your spirit man is the source. It's the fountain of every blessing that God is going to manifest in your life. Everything you receive from God will come through your spirit first. It will not come through your mind first. It will not come through your flesh first. It will come to your spirit first and and flow up, spring up into the mind and flow out to bless the body. You got to get that straight. If that gets out of order, then people do not partake of all the fullness that God has for them because they're trying to get something to the mind and the body that hasn't first sprung up out of the spirit. They're trying to bypass their spirits. Don't bypass your spirit. That's where the anointing is. Don't bypass your spirit. That's where your faith resides. You don't have any faith in your mind. Now listen to me. You don't have any faith in your mind, yet your mind can learn faith thoughts and take on faith thoughts. It can take on the thoughts of the word, but the, 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 the reservoir that holds your faith is your spirit. Amen. And that's why we, we feed our spirits the word because faith comes and then we renew our minds with that word that is coming into our spirits. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So what am I trying to say to you? The feature of you that is the lead feature is to be your spirit. And this is what, this is what Jesus was talking about with Elisha. You cannot get these things out of order and let your mind start taking your lead that your body start taking your lead and think you're going to be effective under a double portion anointing. Not going to happen. Now, so why does the devil then try to draw every believer so actively tries to draw them in that mental arena? Because he knows that if they put the mind first, they'll never draw on the the anointing that abides within them as they could. He knows if their flesh gets put first, then they're going to be cheated out of the highest flow of that anointing that abides within you. Amen. So it's so important. Can I tell you, can I tell you how to live the best life? Do something with your mind and your body right there. After you're born again, the most important thing is take discipline, the thought life, take control of the thought life. You say, how do you do it? Feed the word of God into it. Your, your spirit needs the word, but your mind needs the word. Amen. And I, I'll just say this to you. People who um, renew their minds with the word of God are the ones who live the most peaceful. It's right there. They don't live from struggle to struggle, from crisis to crisis when they think right. It's wrong thinking that robs us of the highest flow. It's wrong thinking. And that's why Paul said to us, go with me to Romans chapter 12. We're going to look at this. Paul wrote and he said in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, This is the King James translation. He said, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Give your mind a new way of thinking. What's the new way of thinking? God's way of thinking. The word is God's thoughts. God offers us his thoughts. It would behoove us to take them. (laughs) You know, it's an unsound mind that when God offers us his thoughts, listen, the wisdom, the wisdom of God is the word of God. 
the word of God is the wisdom of God. It's how God almighty, the creator of the universe said, I want them to think like me. So I, re- I he became an author, yes. wrote it down. Right. Amen. And said, here, partake of my thoughts. Yes. You can have them. It's an unsound mind that says, no, I think I'll stick with the way I was raised. <laughs> I think I'll stick with the way I think. That's unsound. Yeah. That's, right. That's an unsound right. choice. Amen. When God offers us his thoughts, it, be, it benefits us to say, I take it. And if I have a thought that's contrary to God's, I'm going to lay mine down to pick up his. Why? Because I just picked up wisdom. I just picked up greatness when I picked up his way of thinking. Amen. And so this is the thing that, that, that Paul was writing. He said, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So notice this, whether your life looks like the world or whether your life looks like the word is going to be determined by what you do with your mind. Can I say this? You're never going to get away from your mind. You, every morning you wake up, it's there. Every, every step you take throughout your day, it's there. You lay down to go to sleep at night, it's there. Since you never get away from your mind, you might as well have one you can live with instead of one you can't live with. It's exactly right. So the great, one of the greatest investments you can make is in your thought life. In your thought life. It, it's, it's good and it's right to academically educate yourself, but you're not educated until the word finds its place in you. Something is missing in your education until the, until the thoughts of God and the word of God finds its home in the way you think. When you, when you think right, life is easy. It's wrong thinking that turns life hard. Amen. It's wrong. And you say, well, I thought it was not believing. When you think wrong, you believe wrong. Amen. Amen. If you think wrong, you will believe wrong. So you get that word in your mind, uh, get his word fed in there and, and demand, demand of your, of yourself. I will not think differently than the word. I refuse to think differently. There have been times I have talked to my mind. Seriously. I've said, mind you be at peace. You're not running off like that. I talked to it. You say, well, you mean your mind is talking to your mind? No, my spirit's talking to my mind. Through my mouth, I let what's in my heart come out. And I say, what's in my heart is going to dominate, not what's up here trying to go off the rails. And this is what Jesus was talking about that night in St. Petersburg, Russia to me, that Elisha had to be hard on his mind. Meaning this, I don't put up with wrong thinking. Listen, you will have everything you're okay with in this life. God lets us have everything we're okay with. If we're okay with a mind that's troubled, uh, God will let us have that, but we don't have to have that because he offers us something more that will change and transform our life. Why? So that it does not keep looking the way it used to look. And it doesn't look like the person, like the unsaved neighbor living next door. Our lives should look completely transformed. And that that doesn't happen because someone prayed for you. That doesn't happen because you have an anointing. That happens because you did something, you took the word and did something with the way you think. Amen. Well, we're teaching out of my book called The Price of the Double Portion Anointing. It's a thick one, so we can't say it all, but we want you to get hold of it. Go to JesusTheHealer.org and you can purchase your copy there. And until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. 
to watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. In this book, The Price of the Double Portion Anointing, Nancy Dufresne gives clarity on how we are to walk successfully in this era. It instructs those in the ministry, but also brings instruction to every believer in helping them to fulfill the will of God for their lives. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. Come join us for our Jesus the Healer Crusade in Fresno, California at Elite Event Venue, located at 4105 West Fig Garden Drive, Fresno, California, 93722. The dates are March 25th through the 29th. For more information and to register, visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. Come expecting miracles. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.